Hi, beautiful people. Before I start this episode, I just wanted to explain a little bit about the circumstances that I'm in, the surroundings that I am, and a little bit about what it's going to be, and then we'll go ahead and start. So, on August 10th, 2021, my mother, which is actually my mother-in-law, but she became my mother after my own mother passed away 16 years ago, passed away suddenly, and this is going to be a quick story of the first time ever that my husband learned to share his grief and show his emotions. My settings right now are in a fraternity dorm house that is being beautifully remodeled and my husband has been doing the remodeling on it along with some other crews. Since my mother, our mother, passed, he's not been able to spend a couple days over there and was falling behind. Also, he wasn't able to concentrate real well and so he wasn't working as fast. And today, this morning, which is Sunday, he went ahead in to work because he was behind. And we still have a funeral to plan and a lot of things to do all week. And he has a lot of work. And I stayed home to catch up on all the things that I wasn't able to do during the last couple days, which was pulling weeds, haha, my favorite thing, and laundry. And just all of a sudden, I felt the need to call him, like something was wrong. And I called him and asked him how he was doing. And he said, I'm not really getting much done. I am trying to work and I I know I need to. And while I'm doing the work, I start thinking about mom. And then I get distracted and I stop. And I think a while put music back on and I start again and it just keeps going on like that and so I said how about if I just come over and help you and so here I am and you will hear in the background noises although I'm up on the third floor and he's way down on the first which I think would actually be considered their basement, but it's, they're, they're still 
you know, all the shower rooms and the community rooms and stuff like that. But I'm in the very top floor, which is where they have their, like, fraternity meetings and so on and so forth. It's just been newly done and so gorgeous. And the door shut to this room, and then three doors down, I'm sorry, three floors down, there's also a door that goes into another community room and then down the hall where there's dorm rooms and then the big shower room which is where my husband's working and you can still hear when he's using the water or the what's that called um wet saw to cut some tile pieces so let's go ahead and begin. You've got all the information, so when you hear the noises, you know what they are and what I'm going to talk about. Hello, my beautiful people, who some of you have become my friends. Today I'm going to talk briefly about grief and grieving and then next week I will have a special guest that I will go on and talk to with how they perceive grief and grieving. Some of you, probably most of you that are listening don't know that this past week we lost our mother. And it was not expected. Yes, she has had a breakdown since our dad died four years ago, so she hasn't been the same. She hasn't taken care of herself physically or emotionally. But we did not expect to lose her like we did. I don't know that I really have to go into details, except I want to tell my husband's side of what he went through. So she had called him in the morning before he was leaving for work and said she thought she had had a heart attack or a stroke while she was sleeping that night. And he asked her what she was feeling right then, and she said that her chest hurt and her back hurt. And so he said then it takes me 35 minutes to get to you and then another 10 to the emergency room picking you up and taking you there and stuff. So call an ambulance and I will meet you at the hospital. I was supposed to be opening my shop and we've been going through this for at least two, the last two years of her being in the hospital at about two weeks every month. And mostly it's 
been because she hasn't been eating or drinking and refuses to do so. And then she thought that was the easiest way for her to die. But just so you all know, if you ever get that in mind, that that would be an easy way to die, it's not. It's very, very hard on your body and it's very painful. And even though I told her all that, she continued to do that, and then she would end up in the hospital every month with infections and wheat and her whole body with aches and pains. Um, and we would go and we would take turns sitting with her and talking with her and the counselors, and uh, we would take her dog in and get her mail and, and take care of all the things. Um, saying that it was stressful on us I believe is an understatement because even though we love our mothers we needed to keep working we had to support ourselves and we were continually leaving work at her beck and call that is not to say that we're sorry for doing that because we love her very much. It's letting you guys know that it's okay to feel those things and not feel guilty afterwards because we still did the things that we could for her, always. Our discussions with it being inconvenient at times was between ourselves. And those are natural feelings. It's very, very hard to take care of somebody that has mental disorders, which she was diagnosed with three of them, and then on top of that, four heart conditions, and a thyroid condition, and she had three aneurysms that they couldn't do surgery on because her heart wasn't strong enough. And she would not follow doctor's orders. She wouldn't go to doctor appointments. She wouldn't go into a nursing home. She wouldn't stay at our house. We tried that so that we could be close to her. We hired somebody, a nurse, to be there during the day to keep her company. Not necessarily that she needed a nurse, but qualified person. Um, to be there with her while we were at work during the day. And the second day that she was there, she fired this perfectly wonderful nurse and then packed herself back up and went back home to be by herself and lonely and start all over again with going back and forth to the hospital. So we did do everything that we could so, yes, it was frustrating when she would call and say, I'm so weak, I don't know what to do. And then we would say, have you had anything to eat? Have you had anything to drink? Mm, not for a couple of days, I just don't feel like it. I'm telling you this because this is part of grieving. You do go through that and... The problem with our mom was she never went through the grieving process of losing our dad. And she refused 
with her counselor to talk about it. She refused to let us have a service for our father. She had him cremated and she slept with his um, jar, this beautiful jar that she had his remains put in. There wasn't anything that we could do. None of us got closure, but then with me being a life coach, um, our individual, the kids, um, we got through it, but we couldn't, we couldn't get her to, to go through it. She never did, and this is what ended up happening. So, going back to, my husband told her to go to the emergency room, and he would meet her there, and I was to go on to the bank to get a bank card that they kept mailing out and I didn't get, and then I was going to be up at the hospital too. So when he got there, the emergency room was full. She hadn't been seen yet. He sat there. They came in. They did an EKG. They said she did not have a heart attack, and her heart was doing fine. So they were going to be doing a CT scan. She gets very claustrophobic with CT scans, with all the things like that. And so he did ask them if they could give her Xanax or some kind of anti-anxiety medicine to help her through that because, as most of you probably know, you're not allowed to go into a procedure room like that with a loved one. So um, she went in and they told him that they probably wouldn't have results for at least an hour and a half, so he should probably go get something to eat and then come back. In the meantime, my son, who works with his dad during the summer when he's not in college, went on to the job so they didn't get too far behind and waited for our phone call to give him updates. And so when my husband was told to get something to eat, he was about 10 minutes from the job they were doing. And so he ran up to check on our son and bring them both lunch. And while he was giving the food to our son, he got a phone call from the hospital saying it wasn't good, he needed to get there. And so he called me immediately. I was at the bank. I left the bank and went straight to the hospital. Um, when I got there, she was gone. She passed. And also, when my husband got there, she had passed. So neither one of us got to say goodbye before. We didn't get to, we didn't get to sit there and tell her we loved her. We didn't get to sit there and tell her all the things that we normally do when she's in the hospital. Um, she knew, and I'm totally different than my husband. So um, I usually called her every single night just because she was lonely. And also she was not just my mom, but my best friend, and we talked about everything. And she also kept me from being lonely.
um, we shared with each other our days and all the news and whatever. It would usually be two to three hours that we'd be on the phone at night. So she knew I still would have loved to at that time been there, but there was a reason I wasn't. Um, God knows that reason. And I'm okay with that. And also when I got there, um, they had already taken her back to a quiet room where the family could spend as much time as they wanted while we called the grandchildren and told them to come up and say their last goodbyes before the coroner would come. So I hugged her and talked to her and told her how much I loved her and I did all the things. My husband, however, had a really, really hard time. And most of that is because he felt guilt. He felt guilt that he wasn't there, that he left the job, I mean the hospital to go to the job. And also about all the times that he didn't call her and didn't go over to her house and um, got aggravated with her because she wouldn't listen to doctor's advice and our advice and all those things. Um, I would get aggravated with her when she would call me and say, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling so weak, and I would ask her the same questions he would. Did you eat? Did you drink? And she would tell me no, and I would say, Mom, then that's why you feel that way. And her answer would be, but I don't feel like drinking or eating. It doesn't taste good to me. Okay, so some of you don't know, but I'm also a nutritionist, and I don't eat food for pleasure. Most of the time, I eat for nourishment. I'm also a Christian and if you read way back in the Bible when God first created man and I'm not preaching to anybody so please don't take me wrong I'm only telling you what I grew up with and learned by reading the Bible and what I believe in I'm not trying to sway anybody either way but my belief in reading the Bible God when God created man he also created food, uh, fruits, and, and animals, and, and that was all of our nutrition, and that's what he created it for, not for pleasure, but for nutrition. And I only read that about four years ago. It's back in the Old Testament. So I started doing just that. I would eat all the right foods for me, whether I liked them or not, whether they were hot or they were cold, but they were good for me. And of course, I'm human, and I had cravings for the good foods, and I did it in moderation. And I worked really hard at not using food as a crutch. And just so you know, through this period of time right now that we're going through, I have not done the right things for my body. Um, last night, 
no, the night before, uh, the night after she died, uh, my husband was a wreck, he was feeling guilty, I get into a mode that I'm able to survive in while I'm going through all of these struggles. And so I jumped in and said, what, what can I do to help you? And he's like, I can't quit thinking, and I'm so exhausted, but I can't sleep. And so, you know, I, I had him sit on my lap with his head on my lap, put his feet up on the couch, and I um, massaged his shoulders and his neck where, and his head where all the tension was from everything. And eventually he fell asleep. But then I went to bed. And I went through all the emotions of what am I going to do now? Who am I going to talk to late at night about all the things? This was the one person who all these years I talked to. And I even a couple times like just picked up the phone to call her because... That's a natural thing. That's what I did every night. I ended up being awake all night long. Um, he got up at least three times and finally crawled back in bed with me. And again, I rolled over and rubbed his shoulders and his head and ran my fingers through his hair. And I did all the things I did to our children when they were babies. Um, and it worked for a while. He is finally grieving for the first time. He did not grieve after his stepfather passed. He did not grieve after his best friend passed. He did not grieve after his son at 18 months old passed. Instead, he held it all in and has been a very angry person for many years. He is now letting go. And it's been 21 years that I've been working with him on. It's okay for a man to have feelings of sadness. It's okay to cry. It's okay to miss somebody. All those things are okay. They're normal, natural feelings. So if any of you out there are getting anything out of this, it's, that it's okay to cry no matter what gender you are. It doesn't make you any less of that gender, any less of a person. In fact, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Crying has so many endorphins in you to help relieve that stress that you're holding in. So right now, I decided to do this because my husband went to work and I know what he's doing. I call and check on him and he's by himself and he keeps thinking and quitting and just sitting there and thinking and feeling guilty 
and then after 10 or 15 minutes he gets back on and he does the same thing again he works for a while and then he's thinking and so I just told him you know what I'm just gonna come over and help you work and keep you company now you're probably saying what are you doing then podcasting when you said you were gonna be with your husband I am here he is doing something right now that I cannot help him with and he actually said to me if there's something you can do for about a half hour while I do this it would be great so I said you know what I'm going to run upstairs we're in a beautiful beautiful dorm at Bradley University and I wish I could show you the pictures it's just beautiful and we're putting marble on the floors and countertops and uh, bricking a fireplace and doing a bathroom big huge shower room I should say I guess and all the tile around that and stuff and he had to do a lot of cutting which would be very noisy and I couldn't start grouting until he had all the pieces in place and then we're gonna grout together so my 20 minutes is now up and I just want to thank you for continuing to follow me. If you have any questions, please make sure you send them in the podcast. And also, I will be doing a full grieving process podcast, not this coming week, because we'll be doing funeral arrangements and stuff, but the following week. So stay tuned. I want you all to know that I so much appreciate you following me and listening and sharing and if you want to get a hold of me on Instagram you know of somebody that I may want to interview of any kind of struggles in life to share I am under struggle winner I've been trying to change that to my name for like a year and it keeps telling me that I can't for 14 days but it's been <laughs> over a year it's not letting me but that's how you can get in touch with me I also have a co-host normally and her name is Carol and you can follow her on Instagram and send her a DM also and I believe it's CJ mom oh five but if you just look under my followers and look up CJ it'll come up because right now I can't shut the podcast off and go to Instagram anyway but also on the podcast here you'll you'll have a spot where it'll say if you have any questions you can send them and then my next podcast I will answer those questions if you DM me personally on Instagram I'll try to answer them there then if you want me to Okay, thanks for listening. Again, I appreciate it. Share this as much as you possibly can to all those who need it, which should be everybody. Love you.